Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Southcombe and today I'm joined by Ben James. Good afternoon, Benjamin. Good afternoon. It's been a long day. It certainly has. feels a lot longer now, but hopefully we'll rattle through it now. And uh, Bit of a stressful journey up to the press conference this, uh, oh, this afternoon, just, just a little bit, you know. Yeah. Best, uh, best laid uh, plans of mice and men often go away, as they say. Um, it's a learning curve, son. Absolutely. Timekeeping is uh, very important, <laughs> as, is, as is remembering to record the audio uh, when you're filming the press conference. But, you know. Aye, we live learn, and we learn. Learning on the job, innit? Right, Wales have obviously named their team today to face South Africa. Um, gone back and obviously rewarded the side that beat Australia 9-6. It's kind of a team selection where Gatland looked at the, the performances of the players who played against Tonga and gone, right, fair enough. These guys play really well against Tonga, but um, beating Australia obviously packs more of a punch, so it's probably why the likes of Anscombe have had the nod over bigger. We'll get into that a bit more. Um, so yeah, it's one change to that side to beat Australia. Liam Williams in for Lee Halfpenny, who's uh, still suffering from that knock he took uh, from Samu Karevi. A uh, bit of concussion there for him to overcome before he comes back into action. So how do you feel generally about that side? It's not bad, it's a pretty strong side, it's Arguably, the strongest they could yeah, have put out. I mean, definitely. one or two positions. Yeah, I, th- I think we, as soon as we sort of heard Gatlin speak on last Saturday after the game, you probably knew this was going to be the side we were going to expect. Um, he didn't really sing the praises of anyone in particular after the Tonga game, so you you didn't feel like anyone had really played their way into selection. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's no surprise to see us go back to the Australia team. You know, after all, if you're talking about rewarding teams, what what? What, what team deserves more reward than the team that's just beaten Australia for the first time in a decade and that, that's that's the team that he's picked uh, obviously the only change is Liam Williams at fullback enforced on him but it's, it's good to see Liam Williams at fullback because that's it's it's a position we haven't seen him play in a probably meaningful test for about two years now for Wales mm. um, I think off the top of my head his last three games at 15 for Wales were against Japan Georgia and Italy yeah all in sort of scratch teams and he hasn't really had a chance to impress from 15 um, slightly ironic when you consider that Gatlin picked him for three tests in New Zealand for the Lions Yeah. Um, so a massive contrast there but we're going to see what he can do it kind of well, we know what he can do but we haven't seen it for a while and that's what we're going to see this weekend it kind of solves a bit of a problem for Gatlin as well because that you know he's got headaches everywhere now but yeah. the back three was Becoming a, a bit of an issue for him to, you know, not an issue, but some, you know, a real problem for him to pick the, you know, somebody's going to miss out of real quality. Um, you know, I know we've seen pundits this week um, saying George North should have been the player to miss out uh, if Lee Halfpenny was fit. So it, with Lee Halfpenny, Halfpenny being injured, kind of solves that problem for Gatlin in a way because he doesn't have to drop Josh Adams, um, who's been playing really well this autumn, doesn't have to drop George North, who. I believe is back somewhere close to some of his best form um, and obviously doesn't have to drop Liam Williams who's been scoring tries for fun at Saracens this season and obviously played well um, when he's had the chance for Wales in the autumn so it kind of solved a problem for him there and Liam Williams is happy because he's now playing at fullback, his favourite position um, he, nearly, he really needs to sort of take this chance now and deliver on that he's, you know, he's made no secret of the fact that this is his favourite position um, you always you always get the the impression that he's 
he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't wear the number fifteen jersey for Wales as much as he, he might like. Um, so you know, he, he's got a certain degree of pressure on him to sort of deliver now and back up um, and, and make people sort of believe why he should should be there instead of Lee Halfpenny when he's fit. So that's going to be an interesting one to see how he goes. Um, and then straight away your eyes turn to fly half and and that's a real real big debate there, isn't it? Again it is. And you talk you talk just then about how maybe sort of injuries have helped Gatland escape a headache in this regard. The injury to Lee Halfpenny has given it's given him an aspect of Anscombe's game to look at, which he didn't necessarily. Have, he hasn't had a chance to look at throughout the autumn. That's goal kicking mm. against Australia. Half penny, then Dan Bigger in charge with a T. This time it's going to be Anscombe. So, you know, Gatland has much said today that that's a massive reason for picking him. You know, we he's, he's come through all the tests so far this autumn well, um, not spectacularly. Let's be honest, but he's he's done he's done the basics well, and he's added some nice touches, and he's, he's shown that. He can more than play fly half at test level, which is probably the main doubt we had coming in. Mm. The autumn, the next thing now is, is can he goal kick? And yeah. you, you say he can, you know, you only have to look back to Bilbao, that, that touchline conversion uh, in the dying minutes, that's as you know, big a high pressure kick as you're going to find. But it, it is a different sort of atmosphere, test rugby, and that's probably where the eyes are going to be on. Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's it. I mean, Gareth Anscombe's percentages are pretty good um, off the top of my head in the Pro 14. I, I'm never particularly worried about his goal kicking uh, for the Cardiff Blues, but as you mentioned, it's a, it's a totally different kettle of fish um, doing it at, at this level, you know. And that's why Lee Halfpenny has been so undroppable at times because he deals with that pressure for the most part better than anyone else in the world, and you know. I know he had an off day against Australia, but um, I don't know what he's allowed to do given his symptoms at the moment. But you know, you can bet your bottom dollar that he'll be working harder than anyone to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, so you know that, that that's the test for Anscombe, and you know, he's, yes, you've got to kicking is important at this level, and kicking's important in games like this one as well because South Africa is usually a tight encounter, and it's probably going to be come down to a couple of points here or there but at the same time he's still got to run a game he's still got to manipulate the field and and South Africa in a way that opens up opportunities for the players outside him Um, and he's got to be sensible as well there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders but you know and this is the ultimate test and Warren Gatlin is looking to find out now if these players are up to it um, before the World Cup comes around because if you don't know before the World Cup then it's too late yeah. Um, so they, you know, if if um, there may have been something in the back of his mind that says, well, you know, because for me this a game's like the dead suited for Dan Bigger, uh, South Africa. It's just right up his street. Um, so I, that's why I wouldn't have been surprised to see um, Bigger starting. But he's, he's probably thinking, well, we know what Bigger can do. We know yeah. Bigger's up to it. Um, let's find out about Gareth Anscombe and um, you know. Let's hope it goes well. Um, he's, he's gone well so far in Scotland and Australia, obviously. Um, fully deserves a run of games in the jersey, which always helps as well. Um, so, you know, I've got no doubt that Anscombe will come through okay, but, you know, it, there is still sort of one or two things he needs to, to tick off, and this is just another another stepping stone. So The other thing is, it's not just Dan Bigger who's probably ticked off goal kicking. 
I think Patchell probably went a long way to doing that in the summer as well, didn't he? I think anything within 50 metres in Argentina was... Yeah, I mean... He looked more than capable of slotting over. Yeah, he was banging them over in Argentina. Um, I remember there were a few doubts about it during the Six Nations um, last year. I seem to remember Twickenham, maybe. Things didn't go very well. That was a horrible day, mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he sort of answered a few critics in that regard. And again, you know, he's a guy who's prolific at, at regional level. Um, you know, let's, let's face facts, Argentina wasn't wasn't the cauldron of international rugby that, that we were led to believe it would be. Um, you know, it's pretty disappointed with the atmospheres out there. Part of that's down to Wales, but part of that's just down to Argentina were horrendous <laughs> for the most part. Um, so yeah, it wasn't exactly a high-pressured environment for Patchell, but, you know, you still got to knock him over and he did. So, um, so yeah, you know, you, you probably, just purely because you haven't seen it from Anscombe, like you said, You'd be more comfortable with the other three kicking at goal at international level yeah. at the moment, um, and he may very well join that sort of the upper echelons of, of the goal kickers in Wales, the lead half pennies of this world, and and he may may make strides towards doing that on on Saturday. Like I said, I've got no doubts about his abilities, but it's you know can you do it at this level? And that's the big thing. And we'll find out more on um, on Saturday evening. Yeah. Yes, we will. Um, what's next on the agenda? Next on the agenda, we're going to talk about the second rows. Um, Adam Beard retains, well, gets his spot. Um, three, three games in a row, no? Three yeah. starts in a row for the Ospreys, man. Exactly, and um, big show of faith from Gatlin. Let's hear what the Wales head coaches had to say about Adam Beard before we get into it. Yes, I think um, you know that's that's definitely the case, and, and particularly the second row is, a, is an interesting one. Um, it's what people to be aware that. Um, you know, we're definitely thinking about the next 12 months with, with regard to that. You know, we've got Bradley Davis who's out with an injury. Jake Ball's had, fortunately, been had quite a number of injuries in the last 12 months or so. Um, and um, you know, we, we could go potentially back to someone like Luke, Luke Charteris as well. But you know, he's had injuries and stuff. So for me, it's kind of making sure that we get a, give a youngster some experience um, over the next few months that. Come World Cup, uh, if, if we unfortunately had Brady Davis not available to us, Jake Wall injured, Alan Jones picked up an injury, you know, three key players in that position, then you know that you've got Corey Hill who's done a good job, that Adam Beard have had, has had some experience, you'd probably be looking at a, at a Seb Davis as well or someone else. So, you look, we're, we're conscious that that's a pretty key position, the engine room for us, and, and giving someone some, some more game time and experience because. And we have picked up injuries in that, in that position in the past. Okay, so that's what Warren Gatland makes of it. Adam Beard keeps his spot, Ben. Yep. Um, it's a big call, isn't it? It is. Um, you know, we, Gatland, when asked about actually the fly half situation today, said that the sort of situation they're in at the minute, you're going to get one player who's obviously delighted with the show of faith, and you're going to get two or three players knocking on the door saying, Why have I been dropped? And he, he was talking about fly half but he could have so easily be talking about second row because Corey Hill you know a bit slow start against Scotland but since then he's looked mightily impressive off the bench Jake Ball considering he's been out for a year was imperious uh, last week I know it was Tonga and I know the game opened up but 60, 60 metres carrying for a lock is just ridiculous numbers good going yeah uh, and Adam Beard you know Gatlin clearly really likes him for what he brings to the table which is just height and physicality and 
Yeah. You know, you can't, you, as he said, you can't coach someone to be 6'10". Yeah. I think the point is with with the second rows is as you've gone through them there, the sort of Alan Wynn Jones and then the other three. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't moan if any of those other three players were starting on Saturday. Um, but and again, I go back to what I said about Anscombe to a certain degree. They they, they want to find out more about Adam Beard at this level. Um, they want to be comfortable going into the World Cup that if somebody goes down, then Adam yeah. Beard can be more than capable of stepping up into that environment and he's done nothing to the contrary so far he was fantastic in Argentina and he's just growing in that jersey time and time again in the autumn so you know we'll have Alan Wynn Jones alongside him and familiar face obviously a, a great role model for him and somebody to be learning off plays with him at the Ospreys as well obviously and you know it's, there's no reason to believe that he's going to slow up anytime soon so you know suddenly in the second row we've got a number of of players um, as he touched on there even going as far back as Luke Charteris who hasn't played for Wales yeah. in a while but you know interesting that he was brought up um, the other thing with those quotes is that there is a clear divide between the senior second rows and the, the junior second rows and that's probably one of the big reasons why Beard got the nod over Jake Ball because he sees Jake Ball as a senior second mm. row in the same way he sees Bradley Davis and Alan jones he knows what they can do He's more worried that we lose Jake Ball next year. Who have we got? So that's probably why Adam Beard is getting the start this weekend. The other interesting thing is that he mentioned he mentioned Seb Davis, and it's easy to read too much into the quotes. But the direct quote is: "You look at someone like a Seb Davis, or maybe someone else." Mm. And there's there's a load of ways you can read into that. You know, you well, it's just it's just sorry, it's just it's just good to hear him talking about him as a second row, yeah, for a change. Either you know, you either you either hear that and you think, okay, he's talking about him as a second row, or you, you take that, or maybe someone else and think, is he that keen on Seb Davis? Mm. For me, I think Seb Davis will go to the World Cup, and I think it will be as a sort of back five utility player. I don't think we're going to see this let this experiment of him as an eight let up anytime soon. <sighs> Gatlin's keen to have at least one sort of utility player in the pack. I don't think we've really got any forwards, any front row forwards who can pack down on both sides. Um, so it's, it's probably going to be Seb Davis. Yeah, well, you know, I know, I know you've got my views on that. On that yeah, you but well, you, know. you know, the thing with Seb Davis is we haven't seen the best of him for Wales yet because he's been played out of position time and time again. I don't like it. Um, you know, you, you pick your best players in their best positions. Seb Davis, yeah, you know. He's a second row. That's where he's playing for the Cardiff Blues. Pick him if he's good enough. If he's not, don't pick him. You know, I see what the, I know what you're saying about him. They're trying to get players who can play in the multiple yeah. positions. And, and you obviously, need, you need to know he's that, he's, a, he's a test level second row before yeah. you pick him as a test level utility player, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And that's what I mean. You know, he, he, he's played number eight for Wales. He's played six for Wales, but you don't know if he's a second row for Wales. Like, that's the problem. You know, let's walk before you can run. And um, yeah, they just need to make sure that he's. You know, you know they don't mess him around too much, and you know there's there's not many games left now uh, until we are, we are really in World Cup territory. Um, so there's not many opportunities for that to sort of him to develop as a second row at this level. But you know, because you look at the back row, and if you take, because how can you view Seb Davis as a as a second row at the moment when all he's done is play in the back row? So tough, if you're comparing him as a back rower, he's nowhere near that back row. No. Um, so. 
you know, I think they need to be careful with Seb Davis, but you know, they are adamant for they they will persist with this and uh, and fair play, you know, it's, I suppose there's merits to their to their methodology, but um, yeah, I think you need to see Seb Davis playing in his number one position for Wales first, and then you you start thinking about if he can play elsewhere because. To be honest, the way things are going, you know, number eight is covered off by Moriarty. Obviously, we're just assuming that Falatau is nailed on there. Um, and, you know, look at the blind side that we've got now, you know. Moriarty on the blind side, then you've got Lydia, then you've got Aaron Wainwright. And that's just, you know... That's Sh- Shingler. Oh, Shingler, you know. <laughs> to me, you're right, if you want a second, you know, somebody who can play second row and back row, Aaron Shingler's your man. man like... You forget about him because he's got obviously had this horrendous injury, and he's going to be out for still for a long time yet. But you just hope if he comes back and finds form, oh, that he is the perfect World yeah. Cup player. Even someone, I'm not saying he should be picked, but he did he did tour on the summer, and it's probably easier for him to transition than Seb Davis, Josh Turnbull. It's yeah. easy. It's easier for him to go from second the uh, back row to second row as he does than it is for Seb. To play eight, yeah, it's interesting because we I put a, I put a tweet out last week and I didn't expect it to get the reaction it did, but I just asked people to say, send in suggestions for players who have done both, and there were loads of examples of it, absolutely loads of examples. But what they all well, the majority had in common is is that it was a, a back rower that moved into yeah. the second row, the Ryan Jones, Michael, yeah, yeah, some people like Josh Turnbull, yeah. Instead of a second row moving back, that is a different kettle of fish. It's harder, isn't it? You, you know, you, you tend to see a progression from back row to second row when you know you, you're moving on in your career and, and you're getting bigger, and perhaps you don't move around the field like you used to. Um, whereas when and it tends to be players who've been around a while moving backwards, you're trying to get youngsters there or younger yeah. players to come back you because to, they still got that athleticism you need to be more agile don't you yeah, yeah. Which is, I, I don't know if you're I'm, I'm not a fan of it but you know you can see why they're trying to do it but I think Shingler I mean maybe you know no inside info on this but Gatlin must be hoping beyond hope that Shingler comes back and, and really hits the ground running when he could, when he does get back from that injury yeah. because you know the more I talk about it like he is such a luxury at a World Cup, you know, especially that far away as well. You don't want to be calling players up from the UK because that's that's a that's a long old flight and that's a lot of time zones to cross. So, you know, Shingler, if Shingler can come round uh, and show the form that he was showing last season, that will be big for Wales. And you know, it might be the answer to their their sort of experiments in that department. Moving on, then um, South Africa are in town. And we need to talk about this because any Welsh fans thinking this is going to be a walk in the park uh, in for a bit of a shot. They are absolutely no joke anymore. Um, We know what's happened when they've come here in the last few years. They've been a shadow of the former selves. Some Some of the teams that they've brought up here in recent years have not been good. They haven't performed well here, but this side, I'm telling you now, this this is going to be hard work. You look at the side that they put out as well this afternoon. You've got Etzebeth and Francois Lowe on the bench. You've got those two coming off your bench. And then you've got oh, the back row has got um, Dutoit, um, Khaleesi, Khaleesi yeah. and Vermeulen. How big is that back row? That's massive. And you look at it. The, so they've, they've chalked off Australia, New Zealand, France and Scotland this year. 
Should have probably, arguably, beaten England as well. Definitely. I mean, anybody assuming that this is going to be as easy as it has been in the past for Wales are in for a shock. Yeah, you, you look back to how we beat them last year. We probably went into this game with a similar mindset. You know, big forwards. Probably quite limited in the way we played. Um, and we looked to target them on kicks. Because I think it was was it Warwick, Warwick Gallant was starting in the in the back three and there was a couple of other players in the back three who just yeah they just struggled under the under the high ball that's no longer the case they went to Twickenham in that first game and they they won the aerial battle quite simply didn't they mm-hmm. you know they they made um, was it is it Chris Ashton and Johnny May starting that no Ashton was on the bench my eyes were in Cardiff son there we go it's, it's dedication <laughs> uh, yeah I think it was Johnny May and possibly Jack Noel but they just gave them a torrid time in the, in the back three uh, winning, winning the aerial balls and you know that, that laid the foundation for them nearly winning that game and that's the area that we targeted so we're going to have to look somewhere else um, because it's a Gatlin team it's going to be feeding off errors because that's what we do You know, we, we back our defence to not be breached and we, we look to feed off errors so it is going to be a it could be, a, it could be another 9-6 couldn't it it could be but I tell you now, now you look at this team and something I thought earlier as well when I mentioned this game was tailor-made for Dan Bigger, right? one of the reasons for that was his defence. You look at this, the Springboks side, some of the runners in this team that are going to be coming down his channel. Damien Dialende, for example, to start with, big old unit at 12. Yep. Already touched on the back row. You've got Malcolm Marks at hooker. If they don't target Anscombe, then missing a trick. they are missing a trick there with that. right? He's going to see a lot of traffic. Yep. Anscombe, and he's going to have to prove and this is something that we didn't touch on earlier you know goal kicking one yes talked about managing the game that's another one but defensively yeah. he's going to be put under stress he defended well against Australia but he just Australia played a lot in front of Wales they, they never really looked like they were trying to get behind it was all you know a lot of angles a lot of decoys but it was all in front of Wales this South African looking at it now the mix in this team first and foremost it's big it's physical that's that's their USP isn't it then you've got players like Malcolm Marks who are really good over the ball mm. good in the loose so you know you, you've got that the back line okay big centres but then out wide yeah. very fast finishers and Andre Pollard is probably the best running 10 in the world at the minute Yeah, there's a nice balance to that team um, I think Gatlin threw up that he, he runs more than any other 10 international rugby he did is that right? I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit scared now <laughs> yeah, I hope Chaz and Colby gets on as well. Be well up for seeing some of that. Yeah, I'm hoping Elton Yantes gets on to finish off the game. But um, to be fair, he did it. He did it. He did a half decent job at Murrayfield last <laughs> week. Well, he, no we've seen him have some shockers in Cardiff. So he's yeah. either hot or he is freezing cold, isn't he? So speaking of someone who's had a shocker in Cardiff, who's not playing this week, Fafter Clerk. I suppose oh, yeah. that's that's a blow, isn't it? Because it is. It God, is I remember, yeah. the, was it 2014 when he came? made his debut or 2016 yeah we were all looking around thinking what on earth is this it's the worst scrum I've ever seen in Cardiff little did we know <laughs> world player of the year possibly no <laughs> yeah exactly it's a, it's a shame for them I mean, that rugby politics has kind of taken over here and it's a bizarre one isn't it things are getting in the way you know I'm sure he wants more caps and, and they'd obviously love to have him in their ranks as well and you know Wales are probably the only ones that are, that are glad not to see him Um but yeah, that's a serious, serious South African side. Like, like you said, the bench is no joke. There's not many weaknesses in that side, and I like Erasmus, and he's got them going in the right direction. This is going to be a, 
it's going to be a difficult evening for Wales. This make no bones about it. Um, either we either we do what we did against Australia and we just keep them out mm. and we kick up penalties, or we have to look at what Scotland did, which I think you got to come down with some half decent try. Like Hugh Jones is handling for that try. You know that's the that's well look at look at the first box try on the weekend. About five minutes in, and they've gone coast to coast pretty much just from offloads. The thing is, right? If Wales, if this is a nine-six game and you've got Wales racking up tackles, it is going to be brutal. And you know that is when you start getting injuries. I just don't. I don't. I don't think you want to put yourself through it if you're a player like. No. Why not just kill them off and score points instead of booting the ball to them and just defending? How? I know we did, I know we've done it against Australia and things like that, but I don't see us holding out against some of these runners the way that we were able to against Australia. Absolutely not. But you know, that'd be interesting. They've won eight in a row, so there you go. Who am I to tell them how to play? Hi, I'm Blue. You know, we elephants are the best parents in the animal kingdom. That's why family fostering partners chose me as their mascot. There are plenty of children in this area who really need a good foster home. So I'm helping recruit people from all walks of life to become foster carers. Can you help give these kids a better future? You can take the first step by visiting our website, familyfosteringpartners.co.uk. Care for the future. Okay, so I had a bit of an interesting idea um, watching the, the debates on Twitter. People starting to say Wales are in a really good position now. Look at the players who are not involved, this and that. And it got me thinking about whether or not we could put a team together of all the players who are not involved against uh, South Africa for various reasons. Good idea. I've got a couple. I've got a couple. That looks more than a couple. Uh, <laughs> so we've got we've actually got a team together here, and um, I'll read it out quickly. Fullback Lee Halfpenny. Then you've got three options on one wing. Uh, Holmes, Lane and Amos. Uh, Tyler Morgan, 13. Scott Williams, 12. Steph Evans, 11. Rhys Patchell, 10. Alec Davis, 9. Wynne Jones, 1. Uh, Ryan Elias, hooker. Samson Lee, tight head. Jake Ball, second row. The other second row, Brad Davis or Seb Davis. Uh, blindside Shingler. Open side toss-up between Navidi and James Davis. And then obviously number 8, Faratau. That's a really strong side. Very strong, isn't it? You missed out on Luke Morgan as well. Luke Morgan's not in there. Sorry, no, no. forgot forgot your man, Luke Morgan. Yeah, fan, um, fan club is, uh, is waiting. Throw, throw him back in the mix, and Luke Morgan in there as well. And that, like, how good is that? Wales have, have never never had that kind of strength in depth before. That's, that's a better start in fifteen than the team that just put seventy four points on Tonga. And that's I, that's saying something. I don't think that's a stretch. When we look at the world rankings, you probably, I, I wouldn't, I'd put them ninth, probably, that side. If you look at it, so you're above Fiji, above Argentina, and just below France. So you, it, from eighth upwards, you've got France, Scotland, Australia, South Africa, England, Wales, Ireland, New Zealand, right? It's not gonna, they're not going to break into that. But that side would beat Fiji, and I think it would probably beat Argentina as well. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's a, you know, eight. If not, you know, you could argue the toss on the Argentina one, but you know, our second team went out there in the summer and did a job on, on their not it won their first team, but it won far, far off in many respects. It comes, it comes down to the mentality that's being breeded in the squad through the the, the added depth, isn't it? Because it's, it's it's one thing having all this added depth, but Gatlin's starting to just breed a 
a mentality into the squad. It's it's something more than a than a. I, I tried to. I described it earlier in the week. I did a piece and I described it as just it's, it's this. This is the mental, like the most strongest team mentally I've ever seen under Gatland. And today he said it's the most mature team, and that's probably a better way of describing it. Mm. There's a calmness. There's a composure. So when it got to the last five minutes against Australia, it closed it out. When they threw the intercept against Tonga, you know that would normally you know that that would normally spark a, a dreadful stalemate, and we'd probably draw to Tonga. Yeah. Instead, we, we we racked up fifty points, and that's what's allowing what have normally been fairly good scratch teams on paper to suddenly start winning these games in in Argentina and against Tonga, where in the past we've got bogged down in games. And that, that's 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 the reason why that team that you just named there would certainly not only be ninth in the world rankings, probably, but you know it would it would give a good game to who's eighth? France. Yeah, <laughs> if you catch France on a bad day, yeah, you know, in Cardiff certainly, yeah. Um, and then you're looking at Scotland, yeah. I mean, are we getting carried away? I don't know. I mean, you know, I think you'd that just, team's you'd, got you'd the back, potential. You back Scotland to put it away, but. You know, you've got Harpenny at the back, so that's... That's your goal yeah, sort, isn't it? You know, for all the sort of Twitter vigilantes who have a go at him, the amount of ills he cures just by being there, you know, he's, he is like a goalkeeper and he kicks points. That's solid enough. That pack is, for me, less likely to get bullied than the pack who started last week. Um, it's a good pack. You know, okay, Win Jones had a tough weekend last you know he got hauled off about 46 minutes but certainly the back row would be more prominent than the back row that played last week um, and Patrick and Alan Davis are, are playing well yeah. and you've got Scott Williams sort of marshalling midfield so that, it is it is to me a better 15 than the started last week yeah just a bit of fun you know that's what we that's what we do here Ben we have fun we, have we fun. kick, kick we, ideas around you know but um, no, it is interesting. It just goes to show the kind of depth that Wales have generated over the last few years, and and it goes to show that sometimes you may have not understood Warren Gatlin's decisions at, at various points in the last two years. But there's certainly method to the madness in that regard, and and it's starting to sort sort of bear fruit now. And suddenly we've got players in all sorts of positions and and depth that we never knew we had. So exciting times. It is exciting times. Speaking of Warren Gatlin, you did a piece recently about whether or not yeah. This is one of Wales's or one of his best teams since he joined Wales. Um, I believe you got a fair bit of stick for this article oh, as well. If you're not, if you're not getting stick, what are you doing? Yeah, um, it's interesting. Yeah. So you compared them to the the Grand Slam teams of 2018, 2012. Yeah. Okay. So um, the basis was uh, Wales are on an eight-match winning streak, and that's the longest winning streak in Gatland's time. Um, before that, I think he'd won. He'd had three five-match winning streaks, two of which were obviously the Grand Slams, and the other one was at the start of the 2015 World Cup. Obviously, we beat we beat Ireland in Dublin, beat Italy in a warm-up, and then we you know beat was it Uruguay, England, Fiji. So as winning streaks go, it's not it's not vintage. But um, mm. so yeah, I thought well, let's let's have a look at how this team compares. To the two teams that won slams because you know this team's had a longer winning streak. Those teams had silverware. Yeah. And what did your gut tell you about this then? Uh, starting 15th was never going to be a great deal. 
uh, of difference. That's subjective, isn't it? You know. See, to me, twenty twelve. That is a good side. It's a very good team. Yeah. Um, that is a good side. But certainly starting 15 I think you start you know you look at the bench mm. who have you got on the bench you've got so Hugh Bennett to be fair Hugh Bennett just got a really good World Cup yeah um, Paul James yeah ignore Bevington because that's two loose heads uh, Charteris you know he's never let Wales down same with Ryan Jones Lloyd Williams also you know he, he really forced his way into the reckoning around that time yeah, he was playing well at the time James Hook probably at this time had started to lose trust in the Wales management yeah he was sort of on the way out at that point wasn't he uh, Scott Williams we all know what he did at Twickenham yeah but I, st- I you know the, the bench we've got at the minute you know Elliot is more than capable of starting for Wales at Hooker same with I've got Nicky Smith there because um, I still think with a full run of games behind him I think Rob Evans is probably the, the, the stronger of the loose heads but it's, it's either or and that's only ever good for your bench when you've got that much competition Dylan Lewis um, I think we're all big fans of Dylan Lewis aren't we hmm. Corey Hill you know we've only we've seen over the last couple of weeks you know what a point to prove he's got when he's on the bench he clearly wants to start every game same with Ellis Jenkins Thomas Williams offers a point of difference you know, Dan Bigger just got us first win over Australia in a decade and, and Josh Adams I've, I've named Josh Adams on the bench because it's on the presumption that half pennies fit you know, Josh Adams is really really adapting to test rugby so where do we come down now? we came down on so yeah you, you know you, you, there's not really a cigarette paper between the starting 15s um, that, that's subjective you know some people may prefer the 2008 backline, which was, you know, Lee Byrne cutting angles and Shane Williams producing his magic. Some preferred 2012, you know, which was North and Cuthbert in the form of their life and John Davis and Jamie Roberts feeding off Priestland playing flat. Some may prefer this backline, you know. Maybe this backline hasn't really sort of gelled as much as the others. Um... Pack-wise, it's pretty similar, but yeah, the bench, we start to see the 2018 team pull away, and then you've only got to look at the reserves. Mm. You know, the, you look at the 20, 2008 reserves, um, off the top of my head, you've got names like possibly... I think Gareth Dell was on the bench. Um, so I get the impression that you're edging towards 2018 being the best crop he's ever had. Is that fair? Yeah, I think, you know... Subjectively, the, the starting 15s, you know, you could pick any of them, but if you're looking on depth, it's no question 2018. Um, mm. You know, it is it is just a ridiculous group of players we got at the minute. And um, it, it's strange how Gatlin's come to find this sort of depth when you consider that 15 months ago, he'd only capped three players since the 2015 World Cup. And in the time since, he's capped 20, 23, 24, mm. 23. So, you know, he's, he's played, between 2015 and 2017, I think he played about 43 players. 2017 to now, with a couple of less games, 63 players. He's, he's just just committed so hard to giving minutes to these fringe players 
and it's the games he's given them. Like Josh Adams has started against Scotland in the Six Nations. Australia, he's committing to giving fringe players minutes in big games because that's the only way we're going to know if they're good enough. And, and that's where the death's come from. And you know, we're starting to reap the rewards now. And it, it's it's not, you know, it, it, it it's it's a weird one because you know Wales Wales's eight game win streak probably hasn't got the credit it deserves. But that's that's a good thing because we're we're only sort of at the start or, or, or the middle of this of this process and you know if the longer Gatlin stays under the radar in the next twelve months, the happier he's going to be. Of course he is, but that's not going to happen, unfortunately. Um, Warren Gatlin does tend to come out with these sort of things, and it, you know we don't live in a perfect world, unfortunately. And if if Wales do continue on this winning run, then he ain't going to stay under the radar before the World Cup, I'm afraid. And He's going to have to get used to that, but, um, but the point is, I think they've got. It's not okay. This is they're on an eight-match winning streak, and for some teams, that would be that'd be the pinnacle. Mm. I don't think it is with this team. I think I think it's just part of the growing process. So they, they may lose the box on the weekend, and that's the winning streak over. But there's there's you'd think there's more to come from this team, and it's all geared towards Japan. Okay, so we're going to do something different now. Um, we're going to introduce another idea I've had. I've been thinking long and hard about these ideas. You've had a lot of time for ideas. I have had I've a lot of time. I've got a question, what have you been doing? Um, so we're going to do a top five. I'm going to come up with my top five uh, sort of power rankings. Uh, it could be anything to do with Welsh rugby players, fans, coaches, teams, journalists. referees, journalists. Although That's I can't imagine anyone, <laughs> anyone close <laughs> featuring in that one. Um, you can disagree if you want to, but I don't really care because it's my top five. The kicker is it's got to be done in 90 seconds. So we're going to time it. We're going to do it fast. What are you smiling for? I didn't realise we were doing it timed. It's always good to keep This is news to me. I'm, exci- I'm, exci- I'm excited by this. We're always trying to <laughs> revolutionise, move things forward here at Wales Online. We tried something similar to this when we first launched the podcast. Um, How did it go? Andy and Simon. <laughs> it was actually a good <laughs> laugh, actually. I don't know why we ever stopped doing it. Um, so we might bring that back as well. Just do I have to like shout out like five, four, three, two, one? I'll shout them out. It's all right. You can just disagree with me if you want. If I, I'll, I'll let you. Speak. You're allowed to have an opinion on this as well, Ben. So we'll go straight in. Number five, Dan Liddy at the chop tackler. Straight back into the Wales squad this weekend. Obviously, a lot of people, including myself, might have thought that his international career was on the way out. Not the case, Benjamin. He's back in. He's now really right in contention for the World Cup, playing well. And he's obviously in that number six jersey. Number four, Liam Williams gets his crack in the full-back position. Why are you smiling? Stop making me laugh. He's not on the wing anymore. He's back in that number 15 position. Big chance for him. Playing well at the moment. Got to be feeling good about himself after his 50th cap. Congratulations on that, by the way. And he's in the number 15 jersey. So let's see what he can do on the weekend. Number three, Warren Gatlin. Nothing but praise for Warren Gatlin at the moment. Things are going well. If you are in Gatland, you're loving life. Wales are on this eight-game winning streak. And stop looking at the what It's put me off. Wales are on an eight-game winning streak. And everything's looking rosy ahead of the World Cup. Warren Gatland doing a great job at the moment. So he's in there, number three. Number two, Gareth Anscombe. You get a show of faith like that from the boss, then you've got to be happy, right? Gets a number 10 jersey again. And it's another chance for him to see what he can do at this level. Number one, Adam Beard, similar theme, but probably a little bit more radical. Gets a nod over the likes of Corey Hill and Jake Ball. Got to be a confidence booster. Warren Gatlin showing faith in the youngster, and he's got another chance, another cap against Tier 1 opposition. That's my top five, and we've done it in one minute and 20 seconds. <coughs> what do you make of the top five? I like it. 
I do like it, yeah. Uh, number five, Lydia. The boy's going to be on the plane to Tokyo. I don't know if they're flying to Tokyo, actually, but he'll be on the plane to Japan. Um, <laughs> it's a bit cool. He, he might be on holiday in Tokyo. No, he'll be um, he'll, he'll be on the plane to Japan. I, I, I've got a feeling he will. Yeah. Fair enough. Any yeah. other quibbles? Uh, no other quibbles. You know, Liam... Um, even if Liam hadn't started 15 this week, he probably deserves it for last week. Uh, really good performance, two tries, and you know, nice, nice emotional occasion for him, wasn't it? So that's mm. uh, he's certainly a winner in that regard. I don't know if you did you see the video on of his family? No, I've seen that. Yes, it's, it's nice stuff. Nice. You know, he's, yeah, they had a good time, and he had a good time, and you know, that's brilliant. They had a good time. He had a good everyone, time. We all had a good everyone time. Everyone had a good time, and uh, you know, everyone went home happy, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gatland, I'd agree with. Uh, there's not much more to be said on him. Same with Anscombe, and we, we've covered Beard. Yeah, so there you um, go. Yeah, I bet when we get we'll get Andy in here next week, and I'm sure he'll have something to say about the top five. But oh my it's my top five. I don't care what anybody thinks about it. Well, so. Is he going to do the 90s up against the 90 seconds? No, we can't put Andy up against a clock. We'll never get it done. God, yeah. Give Andy five topics to talk about in 90 seconds. You gotta be joking me. Right, anyway, to finish off, we're going to look ahead to the game now on Saturday. Big game for Wales. Um, chance to end the autumn on a high. Are they going to do it? Yes. You didn't seem very confident. I was thinking. Um, looking you know, looking at that team, uh, is, you know, we're in no illusion how tough this is going to be, but Wales are riding high at the minute. They're finding ways to win. Um I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think they're going to—they are going to do what they did against Australia, but they'll hope to be a bit more clinical because they're not—they're probably not going to win it just by kicking goals. Mm-hmm. So in, in that regards, they'll be a bit more like the Scotland game on it. They'll, they'll kick possession away. They'll back the defence, set piece, first phase balls. They will just look to get over the line, and if they get one, two opportunities, take them. That's been enough to get them on this winning streak. It could be enough on Saturday. We hope it is. I'm not as I'm a bit nervous about it looking at the South African side they, they are a oh, different shit. beast um, you know, you'd love to you'd love to back Wales why wouldn't you I mean they're playing well they're on a great you know great win, great winning streak um, they're not perhaps playing the greatest brand of rugby we've ever seen but you it's know su- substance not style it's perhaps isn't it um, you know every, everything. I, I don't like being confident about Wales. I don't think it suits us oh, I'm not at confident. all. Um, you know, I will back Wales in this, but there is a there is a bit of doubt there because that is a that's a proper proper Springbok outfit. So it is. We'll have to wait and see what happens. And uh, of course, we'll wrap it up there now. Yep. We've been on long enough, and we've got more work to do, Benjamin. We've been. Oh, heaven. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously Wales playing South Africa on Saturday. You can follow all the build-up to that one, all the live updates from the game, and then, of course, all the reaction. And we'll be doing a podcast after that game on Wales Online.